Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Welcome back to another episode of Pretty Okay Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Welker. And I am Taylor Holman. And today we are back to kind of, you know, dial back our bitch sesh of <laughs> last week's episode, just to to show a different side of ourselves, a more uh, vulnerable side, if you will. Ooh, that was a smooth, really good transition. <laughs> <laughs> because today we're going to be talking about why business owners need to be vulnerable, um, which is a little bit of a shift, like I said, from our episode last week of talking about how shitty influences are, influencers are, which you should go back and listen to that because it's true. <laughs> and there was a lot of good info in it. But I think that today's topic is going to be and you and I were just kind of talking about this, Taylor, but we were just talking about how like therapy and being vulnerable, I know for me is not something that comes naturally. And I think it's kind of the same for you, right? Cynics tend to be more guarded. So yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm a brutally honest person, but I wouldn't say I'm a vulnerable person. Yeah, I think it's the same for me. So, you know, today we're going to kind of talk about the importance of being vulnerable and why. I think the why behind it is a big thing for a lot of people. And I know I have this conversation frequently with people who are definitely more like you and like me and who see vulnerability as almost like a weakness, I guess, is a, a way to put it. But I think that vulnerability is very, very crucial for, for being a business owner. It definitely is super crucial. And it's, it is interesting how I used to definitely view vulnerability as a sign of weakness. Yeah. And thank you, Dr. Corey, the little therapist who lives on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> she really years ago really helped me to understand why it's, it's, and this is a little bit cliche, but being vulnerable is quite the opposite of being weak because sure. you really have to be strong in order to be vulnerable in the true sense. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. I've been dealing with my own uh, fight against vulnerability this week. <laughs> like I, uh, I'm just not somebody who likes to let people do things for me. You know, I'm very much, I, it's because I have my routines and I have, you know, the way I like to do stuff. I'm a little bit of a control freak. Um, but 
I'm a gimp at the moment <laughs> because I sprained my ankle. And so my husband has had to do everything right around the house, like from getting me water to getting Rocky ready for school. And I'm like trying to do stuff. And he's like, will you just sit the fuck down and let me do it? He's like, you're on the injury. He's throwing sports metaphors around at me. He's like, you're on the injured list. You're on the, on the DL or whatever it is. I don't think it's DL. I think that's the down low. (laughs) If you just would have left it at you're on the injured list, then you would have, you would have nailed it. You would have nailed the sports analogy. (laughs) But then I took it too far. I took it somewhere weird. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, he says I'm on the injured list, but it's just, it's really hard for me. It hurts me to sit back and let somebody else do everything for me when it's like, these are such dumb remedial tasks. I should be able to do them, but I just can't like I'm out of commission, right? I can't walk on my fucking foot. So it's like, I can't go get something from the other room. I need him to go get it for me. And it's, it's just been a funny week of like him trying to like gently tell me to sit the fuck down and let, and let him help me, uh, which I think, you know, we'll get into asking for help as, as part of being vulnerable as a business owner, but it's really been interesting for me this week just to deal with that and like see my own struggle with being a vulnerable human because I don't like it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So here's a question for you. In general, are you a bad patient? Well, I no. I mean, I'm never, I'm one of those people who like, I just deal with it. I work through it. You know, if I'm, I'm sick or whatever, or I I don't get injured too terribly often. This is kind of my first injury in a while. And I, I don't think I'm a good patient. No, I think I probably am a bad patient because I'm just like, this is a waste of my time. (laughs) This is not productive for me to just sit here. And also I don't like letting other people take the, take the reins because, you know, again, control freak. Are you? I know you've had a few sports injuries. You know, I have, um, my injuries tend to not be ones that like really put me out super badly. Um, Mm -hmm. but I have, I'm one of the, I'm a person who does not like being out of commission for very long. And so pretty like I had a pretty bad back injury in high school and I learned that if I just, did what I needed to do to heal and I didn't fight it, that I would recover faster. And so mm-hmm. um, rather than being stubborn about not being able to do things, um, I'm I'm in the, the space of, okay, unplug, take the rest, do the treatment, and then you get to go back to doing all the control freaky things <laughs> that you want to do <laughs> sooner rather than later. Um, but it did take a pretty bad injury for me to be that way. And they, I guess kind of thankfully it happened when I was younger. And so yeah, lesson has carried on. So yeah, back injury, that'll do it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember like literally not being able to walk up the stairs sometimes at my parents' house. So it was, it was not bueno. Brett is a terrible patient. Well, I I think that's just a lot of men, right? In general, like so bad. Cause I was going to say like how I work through 
you know, not feeling well or whatever. Like I get pneumonia once a year, like clockwork. <laughs> I usually, <laughs> I usually just like power through the only year I didn't get it was this year. Cool. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> but I, Steven gets like the most, he's that cliche dude where he gets like a minuscule cold mm. and it's like the world is ending, you know? Yeah. And so he's like, I can't get out of bed. Will you do this for me? So it's like, we're two extremes, you know, where I'm like, don't help me. I'm too proud. I can handle it. And he's not. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's obviously a little different side of vulnerability, uh, from being a business owner, but I think it, it ties into what we're going to talk about today, you know, about being how vulnerability can impact you as a creative entrepreneur, as a leader, um, all those different kinds of things. So talking about vulnerability, you know, we already kind of said this, uh, that it often comes off as a sign of weakness, right? But it's not, it's not. Uh, and it's something that, you know, it's emotional, but it's, it's also not as simple as that, right? So when you think of being vulnerable, what do you think of? You know, I, I was thinking about this quite a bit the other day. Like, how would I define being vulnerable? Um, and it's hard. It is definitely emotional, but it's really, it's only emotional for you. And I think that there's this perceived like the weakness is perceived, right? So it's not like anyone external to you would pass judgment that way. Mm -hmm. So the more I thought about it, I was like, being vulnerable is really just about like getting outside of your own fucking head <laughs> and yeah. letting go of your ego is really, I think at the core of it and being unguarded or less guarded because you have to you know, as we'll talk through in a little bit, like there are certain things that you need to do and you can't always wear this suit of armor, right? And act like everything is okay all the time, that you're fine all the time, that you can do everything on your own all the time. And mm -hmm. one of the first lessons that really like life lessons that my therapist, like she drew this very simple picture and it just has stuck with me ever since. I think vulnerability and the resist, like being resistant to being vulnerable is almost like putting yourself in a state of denial where you're trying to protect yourself from something. And mm -hmm. Dr. Corey explained denial as like she literally just drew a box on a whiteboard and she's like, you're in the middle and then there's your box of denial and then there's reality outside of that. And you put this box up in order to, you know, protect yourself from whatever it is that's on the outside, but it's not always, or it's rarely productive to do that. So I kind of look at vulnerability as something similar where you put this box or this armor around yourself in order to, you know, present yourself in a certain way that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily always need to be that. Yes. I think that's a big part of it. I know it is, especially for me too. It's like being perceived as not as strong or as capable as I want to be. Right. Like I think that definitely is Dr. Corey is right. 
per usual. Per usual. It's about, about projecting. <laughs> For sure. So it's it's all about that ego taking over, you know, and that's a big part of it. And it's have you ever read the book The Charisma Myth? I have not. It's an interesting book. And I read it, I want to say like 10 years ago when I was working um, at that douchey marketing yep. company. Yep. <laughs> and the the guy who was the CEO was very swarmy, right? I guess is the best way to put it. But he recommended this book to me because it's about how learning how to be charismatic as a business owner. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And I ended up listening to it on Audible. And it was, there were definitely parts of it where I still rolled my eyes. But there were also just a lot of case studies about different types of leaders and how the balance of ego and vulnerability is a huge factor in how people perceive you, not just as like a leader, but also as a human, right? And so being able to like, put that aside, let go of that ego to a certain degree, right? And letting yourself be a little more um, unguarded is very, it's going to be more beneficial for you in the end than always keeping up these walls of defenses and trying to project yourself as this impenetrable field. And it's hard when you want people to think of you as a, a strong, you know, capable leader to do that. But it is something that I think really helps humanize you and and works for the better good. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> it also, being vulnerable helps to prevent burnout. Yeah. Because if you're constantly trying to convince yourself and other people that you're strong and you can do anything, anytime, under any circumstances, you're fucked. And that's one of the things that I've learned the hard way. Like that's definitely one of the positive impacts that allowing myself to be more vulnerable has had is, uh -huh. you know, I don't have to always put off this. What do you want to, how do we, how do we want to call this? I mean, it's like an act, right? Yeah. I don't always have to act like everything's fucking fine. Like sometimes it's not. And in order to save my sanity, I just have to be vulnerable about it. Yeah. And I think that to vulnerability, it comes in so many different ways, right? Like we're not talking about how you have to go on Instagram and do a live and cry. Please don't do and that. I actually hate that. <laughs> I hate that too. <laughs> That's why I'm saying like there's a balance to it, right? There's a balance of vulnerability that Influ influencers. Oh God, my brain's still stuck on last week's episode. <laughs> Business owners have to have. Um, but I also, I mean, you and I have both seen that how many times where somebody pulls up that live video and is crying. They've got tears rolling down their face and they're like, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Running a business is really hard. And like, I I get what they're trying to do. I do. I understand that they're trying to project this vulnerability and like connect with me. Look at how human I am kind of vibe. But I think that's taking it a little too far in my opinion. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like the influencer thing, right? Like it just feels so 
disingenuine to me yeah. to try to capitalize yeah. off of vulnerability. Yeah. I draw the line there. Like, yes, you can be vulnerable. You should be vulnerable because you're human. But the minute you, the minute people start to turn it into like a marketing ploy, I really have very strong feelings about that. Yes. My camera is off today, so you can't see, but I'm nodding a lot. Yes. <laughs> because, yeah, I love what you just said about trying to capitalize on on vulnerability because I think, I do think that that is a tactic that some people take and it's gross. It's so and gross. I think it gives vulnerability as a business owner a bad name, honestly. Yeah. You know, I really do because we've all seen those videos and seen those posts of people with the tears and the, the novels, right? about this, that, and the other. And it's, I get it. I do. I get what they're trying to do, but it, it just feels icky when it doesn't feel genuine. You know, you can tell when you see something like that, when it's a, a ploy, like it's, it's a tactic to try to reel in some engagement or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's gross. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. You know, have you heard this is like very much happening. Like it's, how do I want to say this? It's something most wedding professionals are following at the moment. Have you heard of the wedding dress designer, Haley Page? No. Okay. So long, super complicated story short. A larger corporation bought her brand a, a long time ago and her brand was always Haley Page, her name. And uh-huh. They, something happened where like, and I don't know all the details. So if anybody in the wedding world is listening to this and thinking you're botching, (laughs) thinking (laughs) that I'm botching the Cliff Notes version of it, I'm sorry, I apologize. But um, so basically this large company called JLM, they are suing her and she cannot use her own name for anything. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like it's it's wild. You should go. She has a new Instagram handle that I think is all that glitters on the gram. Um, but she is someone who I think is doing a great job of being very vulnerable in a very genuine way on the internet because she's mm-hmm. going through something that is traumatic as fuck. Yeah. And so she she will kind of on occasion get on and do more of a an IGTV length video where she tells everyone updates or shares what updates she can legally. And like I said, that's a great example of being vulnerable, being honest, and not in any sort of smarmy way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. it sucks for her, but it is a good example. That does suck. Um, yeah, I, I'll definitely look at her account and I'll put it in the show notes too, if people want to see it, but it sounds like it's a good example of that kind of fine line between vulnerability and victimhood, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because, Oh God, do I hate people that play the victim so much? It's like my biggest, Oh, drives me up the fucking wall, but it's, you know, I think a lot of people can kind of muddy those waters of being vulnerable and being a victim to get some sympathy and, it's, you know, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself, dude. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Don't go fishing for compliments and comfort. 
Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Fishing for compliments. That's a fun one. <laughs> there could be a whole nother episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's about, you know, it's funny because like being vulnerable, I think definitely ties into having solid self-esteem. Yes. Uh, and being able to be comfortable with the parts of yourself that are uncomfortable, you know, the people that I know that have low self-esteem are often the people who seek out obviously compliments the most or talk about themselves like in a negative manner, you know, like I know some of the most beautiful women ever and they're just so insecure and they won't post things without 10 million filters on it. And they won't, you know, there's just all these things that go into play for them where it's like, you just need to learn how to love yourself a little bit more, girlfriend. I think a, a someone who does this really well is my friend, Dr. Cassidy, who well, I she, remember her episode. That was a while ago. I remember listening to I her. Do, I didn't do an episode with Dr. Cassidy. Really? Who did you do an episode with then? No doctors. Who am I thinking of then? I don't know. She has her own podcast. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. No, oh, maybe. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor needs more coffee. <laughs> um, but you know, she she's kind of pivoted her business in the last year or so, and she's doing so much more social media, face to face kind of stuff before, where she was doing a little bit more private practice. But you know, she, I remember her saying, like, I. I don't feel good about using filters when I'm doing on-camera stuff because I'm a therapist who's out here talking about loving yourself and being vulnerable and all of these things. And I have to practice what I preach no matter if I, you know, she just gave birth and she's fucking tired. <laughs> she's like, I would love to use a filter to cover up my dark circles, but it feels insincere. And I just think, having that, you know, like it just, you see a real person and you see someone who's practicing what they, what they preach is a, definitely builds that kind of thought leader connection in a way, you know, their credibility goes up for me. Yeah. I think that's a really important quality for leaders to have, or that's a really good application for leaders to, you know, when they think about how they can be vulnerable it really is like being a real person and having real experiences and leading by example, just like Dr. Cassidy is. That's super, super yeah. important. Yeah. And not just posting pictures of yourself in underwear and saying, I'm so proud of myself for loving my body and their bodies. And then and then building an empire off of it, but you know, Blech. not to not to get into that that kind of talk with that person again. <laughs> so, okay, let's get back into talking about being vulnerable as a leader and what that means for how you can influence that into your business, right? So, talked about putting your ego aside. One of my favorite things is admitting when you don't know the answer or admitting that you were wrong. Because I always think that that's such a huge part of it is being able to say, shit, I don't know. Um, like I can find out, you know, or so-and-so would know better than I would. 
trying to act like you have the answer all the time does not make you, uh, what's, how do I want to say it? Doesn't make you a good leader. (laughs) It doesn't because it just doesn't show any growth in my opinion. You know, it shows that you're, you're stagnant. Your, your stance is that, you know, everything you are the, the know all end all. But if you, nobody knows everything. That's the thing. Nobody knows the answer to every single fucking question. There's always somebody out there who's going to have more information than you on certain things. Yes. And the, the opposite of being vulnerable in this use case, what you're describing is arrogance. Sure. And that's a trigger for me. Yep. In leadership. It is a hardcore trigger. I have a whole notebook full of notes from my chats with Dr. Corey about how to deal with these people. Um, Because it's toxic. It's so toxic. Beyond toxic. It's if you are working for someone right now, like if you don't own the business and you're working for someone and you're like feeling little red flags pop up in your brain, get out, get out now. Because it, it's hard to make that change, I think. You know, if you're – it's definitely more of a, a masculine trait too, I would say. But I definitely know women who are the same way, who they're just so concerned with that outward persona that they're never willing to admit that they're wrong. And it's it's frustrating. Yep. It sends other people to therapy, like me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, Yeah. Admitting you're wrong. It's hard. It's super hard to admit that you're wrong. Like it doesn't feel good. And you learn that from a very young age. Right. Like you think back to when you were a kid and you get caught in the act and you're, you know that there's a consequence coming. And so your, your instinct is to try to avoid the consequence. So you, right. You Mm -hmm. deny that you did anything wrong. And that, that, that experience, that internal emotional experience doesn't go away as we get older. Like that's just a part of being, but people respect the shit out of you when you admit that you're wrong or you did something wrong or you don't know, like that's the truth. They will respect the shit out of you if you do that. Yes. I don't think that there is anybody out there who, especially listening to this podcast, who, if someone in a leadership position admits that they're wrong, is going to think less of them, right? If anything, I think it would have the the opposite effect. It's it's a valuable quality in a human, and much more so, I think, in a leader. And this is related, but it's like slightly different because it, you know, you in order to realize that something isn't working you kind of have to admit that maybe you potentially made the wrong decision. Yeah. But when you're a leader, the other half of this equation is admitting when something you set in motion isn't doing what you needed it to do or wanted it to do for yourself, for the team, for the business as a whole, and you need to change direction. And I have definitely seen people who will just like, once they're on a particular train, they will never get off of it. And unless you're vulnerable enough to admit that like, hey, maybe we need to pivot here, Mm -hmm. then you're just going to waste 
financial and human resource on something that isn't doing jack. It's that ego thing again, you mm-hmm. know? It totally is. It's not being able to set aside your ego for the bigger picture. And I am rewatching Dexter right now. <laughs> Did you ever watch Dexter? We watched a few episodes of it and I don't know why it like fell off or fell to the wayside for us. Oh, well, pick it back up. Pick it up. But <laughs> you know, I'm I'm rewatching the I started on the first season and and it's a dumb analogy, but I'm going to use it because I watched it last night. But ha- there's the captain of, you know, the police squad or whatever. And he is dead set that this one guy is their serial killer, even though he's got all these other people like, and eh, but this doesn't stack up. I think we should look over here. But he won't do it. He won't change his course. Right. And more people get killed, which is obviously a dramatic, dramatic analogy for what we're talking about. <laughs> But relevant because Lieutenant LaGuardia was right, okay? (laughs) (laughs) People will die. People will die and it will be all your fault because you couldn't put your ego aside, damn it. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I think that that's a really good point about, you know, it's there's so much self-reflection that leaders need to be able to do and business owners need to be constantly, constantly incorporating into like just a daily practice of looking at yourself and how things are working and how you're impacting that work. Right. And if your ego is getting in the way of that and (laughs) you are the problem and you're going to be the one that has to fix it. And that's where that vulnerability comes in. So let's talk about being vulnerable with clients, right? Uh, you talked or you wrote down kind of in our outline about if you have something going on with you personally, right? Life happens and you need more time. You need to change something, adjust the scope, whatever. It's okay to let your guard down and let clients into your personal life. Yeah. And I think that's important to do because if someone has hired you, to do a job at a certain level, right? And they have expectations because you've sold them on, I'm going to provide this service or make this product and it's going to be X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. If, if life throws you a monkey wrench, because that's what happens, and you can't deliver to the level that you've promised and someone has invested in, then I really think that you absolutely should tell that person that something's going on, I either need more time or whatever it is in order to make sure that I'm getting you exactly what you paid for. Because otherwise you're putting out a shitty product, you're half-assing your job, or I mean, fuck, I just had a, Jillian and I had a client that her, she had hired someone to do SEO research for her. And so I didn't include it in the scope of what I would do. But then when it came time for me to like prep everything for Jillian to do all of the writing, this client said her SEO consultant literally has ghosted her, not replied to any emails for months, hasn't posted on social media. And so now she and I are like, is that person fucking okay? Like, right. 
you know, especially we're still in the middle of a pandemic. It's quite possible that this person got seriously ill or whatever, but you don't uh-huh. want to be that person for a whole list of reasons. Yes. So if you're, if shit's hitting the fan in your personal life and you just can't do what you were hired to do, then I think it's very important that you be vulnerable with your clients and you let them know. Yeah, because you have to look at the bigger picture again. Like if if they need something that's on a time crunch, right, and you've got stuff going on where you can't fulfill that, you owe it to them, to be honest, and to figure out the best path moving forward. And I think, too, I mean, I'm sure you have worked with these people because I know I have worked with these people where – there's always an excuse and there's always some kind of life emergency. That's so different because if you're someone who is on your shit and you are, you know, your, your track record is great. These very rare instances of vulnerability, like where you need to let clients into your personal life will be fine. They'll be, I don't want to say endearing, but they'll understand because they know that it's not your way of working. Right. Because there are certainly those people who that is their way of working. Everything's up. There's always something. I'm always dealing with a personal problem. And more often than not, they're just shitty workers, right? And I think that it's easy to tell the difference between the two, you know? So being worried about coming off as someone who's saying I have a personal problem, I would even say a little bit more than I have a personal problem because that to me sounds vague. Yeah, you can be totally honest with them. I mean, with whatever you're comfortable sharing, but you don't have to be like Vegville. Yeah. I so back when I was working at that same marketing company, I was looking to hire a web developer, um, a front end developer. And I had interviewed a bunch of people. I really liked this one guy, Jordo, who um, is to this day one of my best buds. <laughs> But I didn't know him before I hired him, right? And the day of his interview, he called me and he's like, I can't come in. I am really sick. Um, I need to go to the the emergency room. And my brain was just kind of like, okay, drama, right? You know, like you just so happen to have to go to your, the emergency room an hour before your, your interview. Um, but then we did the interview like a few days later. And he's like, yeah, I was so nervous about this interview that I broke out in full body hives and I had to go like get a shot. Like I had to go get steroids or whatever. And that extra detail of it, you know, of him being that vulnerable and honest about, I was nervous about this particular interview and it caused this to happen. Like it made me feel so much better about the situation than when he's just like, I'm sick. I have to go to the hospital. If that makes sense. Like, I'm not saying you have to describe all of your medical issues to people, but there was definitely, you know, that face-to-face vulnerability that made me feel more connected to him as a a person. And he ended up getting the job because he was great. But if it had just been, oh, I can't come because I'm I'm sick, it's a last-minute cancellation, I probably would have been left with a bad taste in my mouth, I think. Totally. I would have, too. I would have been like, this fucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So hope he doesn't mind me telling that story. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Well, Jordo, it's out there. 
<laughs> no, and he's one of those people that would tell you that story too. I think about, I, I, I swear I've told this story like three times too on the podcast, but about Natalie Gill about peeing her pants. Oh, yes, because it's a fucking fantastic story. <laughs> yes. And how, you know, she was just working so hard and so intensely that she forgot to take a bathroom break and just pee her pants. And it's like the story itself is great, but just the fact of how she tells it all the time, you know, she's like, I was such a clusterfuck that day and I was not taking care of myself. And here's what happened. Like, I don't, it just makes me love her even more. I swear. Yes. She's one of my favorite humans. It's true. <laughs> Same. All right. So, Talking about being vulnerable internally, right? With either, I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, as a leader, so with your employees, but what about when you're collaborating with business partners or coworkers? What does vulnerability kind of look like to you in that regard? I think this, the, the simplest way to describe vulnerability in this space is your willingness or ability to ask for help. Mm. Because, again, it's like just like it's hard to admit you're wrong or you don't know the answer, it can be really hard to admit that for whatever reason you can't do it alone, Uh especially if you are a strong personality, right? Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I I am – I had to learn how to ask for help. Yeah. And – it's probably because, again, it's like a sign of weakness or can, it can feel like you are putting out vibes that you're not enough or you're not as good at something. But when I feel like when you take a, you know, a half or full step back and you think about the benefits of asking for help, they far outweigh the stress that you would feel trying to like figure it out or grind it out all on your own. Yeah. I think honestly, it's a little bit of an unlearning process because we are so taught to be strong and to, you know, especially like the lean in generation, right. Of women have to work twice as hard as men to get to the top and da, 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 da. Like vulnerability is almost out of the, out of the question. If you're looking at it from that regard, and so we spend so much time focusing on kind of hardening that that outer shell and seeming more impenetrable than we are that, you know, it, I think these days it's, it's unlearning. We have to teach ourselves how to let vulnerability have its place as a business owner and with people that we're working with. Mm-hmm. And it for sure has a place. Like this isn't, I don't know if we've already said this. I don't think so. <laughs> Taylor needs more coffee today. Um, this is not about like going and crying in the bathroom because it's right. hard. This is not right. that. Um, sometimes tears are involved and sometimes tears are warranted and sometimes tears are necessary when it comes to being vulnerable, right? Like especially if you've been guarded for a super long time and mm-hmm. – you finally decide to crack open the door and it's more like the floodgates fucking open. Um, Yeah. Right. Like it's okay. It's okay to cry in front of some, some coworkers, collaborators, clients, and leaders, not everyone. (laughs) 
<laughs> some of them. <laughs> Not the arrogant asshole ones who won't ever admit they're yeah. wrong. Don't cry in front of those people. Um, but I think part of the reason why it can be also hard to ask for help is because you're really afraid about how the person you're talking to is going to respond or react. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I personally think about. That's the soft kid gloves that Taylor needs to put on (laughs) when she says certain things. Um, I wish you guys could see the, I'm like doing some sort of dance (laughs) with my hands. Soft kid gloves. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like you, you need to, I guess, judge a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. or make a judgment about how you think this ask is going to be received. Um, But even if you're not like totally stoked and super confident that it's going to be well received, I still think it's important to ask for help. Yes. Yeah. And I think you made a good point about, you know, the thing about vulnerability when it's emotional for you is definitely about finding those safe spaces, right? Like we talked about, you know, sometimes you do just need to cry about something and that's, that happens. It's, it's life. Know who your audience is for that. (laughs) It's probably not your boss, right? It's probably, it's just, there's a couple safe spaces that, that are helpful for that kind of thing. But I think that when you're being vulnerable in general, it doesn't just mean, you know, crying in the bathroom, like you said, Mm -hmm. and then talking about it to everybody. Like, I just went and cried in the bathroom because I'm so vulnerable. It's like, nope, there it is. That sympathy seeking again. It's it's gross. Stop it. Yep. (laughs) You know, I just had this thought that, because I've had this happen a few times with people that I work a lot with. And like, I'm talking, I'm not talking about my pre-self-employed life. I'm talking about the post-self-employed life. The other time that you really should be vulnerable is when you need to tell someone that you have a conflict with them. Yeah, that's definitely a time of vulnerability. And this one kind of, I think, bridges the gap in between collaborator, coworker, and sometimes leader, depending Mm -hmm. on your relationship with the person. Like a lot of the people that I work with very closely in my everyday, we are definitely collaborators and coworkers and equals, but then there's sometimes an element of, there is sometimes like a, a differentiation in the power struggle, the power and, or like who's the project manager kind of thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The pecking order, pecking order, the pecking order. And let's, let's just address the elephant in the room that I don't always give off vibes that like, I'm the easiest person to talk to. Sure. I I know that I know that I can be intimidating for a bunch of reasons. Again, reasons why Taylor goes to therapy because I really am not an asshole. I swear I'm not an asshole, guys. (laughs) Um, but so that when I when I think about those interactions I've had with people that I care fucking deeply about. Um, As a leader, when I see that conversation kind of starting to bubble up, I will 
I will be the one usually to open the door. Yeah. Right? Because I know that it's hard sometimes for the other person to be that vulnerable and open it themselves. Uh-huh. And then as the mixture of all these three things, right? Like collaborator, coworker, leader, then it can become difficult to just listen because you're probably going to have to hear things about yourself that aren't the fucking best or like nicest things, right? <laughs> right. But you need to be vulnerable enough to really hear it, accept it. And then for the sake of your friendship and working relationship, make changes. Yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of, I, not I just kind of, I mean, I just recently had to have one of these conversations with someone that I love terribly and, you know, it stirs up all the emotions, but in the end, if you put your ego aside and you ask for help and you admit when you're wrong, you totally can work through these rough patches because, you know, not everyone's relationship is going to be like a-okay all the time. No, most aren't. <laughs> and if they are, you're probably not talking about shit. <laughs> right. You're all living in a box of denial. <laughs> that goddamn box of denial. Yes. I think those are some excellent points. I have no notes. We don't need to talk about this later about your contribution to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, if we had to wrap it up with a bow, you know, being vulnerable is scary, but it's also necessary It's about putting that goddamn ego aside and doing a lot of self-reflection where you know when when you need to be vulnerable and how, right? How is a big part of it too. Like we said, it's not crying into an Instagram live video seeking sympathy. It's more about making sure that you're looking at the bigger picture and that what you're doing is impacting the greater good and not going to burn you out. It's being vulnerable is at the end of the day, one of the best things for your mental health and just your overall wellness as a business owner, because if you burn out, well, that's the end of the the show right there. Ditto to everything Sam said, put a bow on it. Well, I think that's probably a good place to, to wrap up our conversation on vulnerability I'm going to go back and be vulnerable on the couch again for the rest of the day. (laughs) Um, And, you know, just deal with it because I'm putting my ego aside. I can do it. (laughs) You can do it. You only have to be vulnerable for a little bit and then you'll be back at it. I know. It's funny, too. Even like planning my quote unquote maternity leave is a source of vulnerability for me because I'm like – you can't do this without me. And if I let you, you're going to prove that you don't need me. <laughs> and that's that's a hard part of it too, right? Is letting go of control of the reins and letting other people do some stuff makes you feel less important, I guess, or valuable. But it's not true. It's just letting people help you. And I'm going to have a tiny newborn human, so I need to just shut up and let people help me. <laughs> Yes, accept the help. I accept it. I embrace it. Give it to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to just be that uh, gif of what's her name? Kristen wig on, from bridesmaids on the plane. Help me. Oh, poor. yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Help me. Yeah. All right. So that was our episode on vulnerability. Hopefully it was a nice palate cleanser after all we did was talk shit last week's episode, (laughs) which I enjoyed, but still, you never know. So we will be back in a couple weeks. I'll put some show notes up on prettyokpodcast.com. I know I mentioned a couple books. Um, Taylor mentioned a couple things that I'll include in there as well. If you want to see those resources, And then, you know, we'll be over on Instagram. If you have yet to leave a reviewer rating, this would be a great day for it. It would, we're being vulnerable as fuck and asking you to just go and leave us a review. (laughs) We would appreciate it. It helps more people find the podcast, the more ratings and reviews we get. So that would be cool, guys. But other than that, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. So we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye. See you later.